0: Welcome back to Conversations with Ipswich School, the podcast where we bring together the community to explore more about life inside the school from the point of view of pupils, staff and parents. In each episode, we'll be in conversation with members of the school community to delve deeper into life at Ipswich School. So let's get into this episode right now of Conversations with Ipswich School.
1: Hello and welcome to Conversations with Ipswich School. Today's guest is Richard Parkin, Director of Art at Ipswich School So hello, welcome.
0: Hello, thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for joining us. So I know it's a really busy time for you at the moment. What's going on at the moment with art?
0: Well, we are right as we speak in the middle of moderating the A-Level exhibition, which is very exciting because the work is looking fantastic. Um, And we are also getting the GCSE students through their final exam days uh, to produce their final outcome. And then their exhibition will be going up just a few weeks later.
1: So really busy time. Can you pick out for me the highlights of the term?
0: Well, we've got a few things coming up. The A-Level exhibition is Open to visitors and students and staff and parents uh, next Thursday, the 5th of May. that's from five o'clock till 7:30 at every house. So that's really the culmination of their two-year course, a series of experiments and creative outcomes, paintings, drawings, A final piece that everything comes together in plus all of their sketchbook work and you can see everything that they do.
1: That sounds amazing and what about GCSE?
0: Well the GCSE is just a little bit later and this year which is really exciting for the first time we've got the exhibition in a really beautiful venue off-site which is River Church down at the waterfront in Ipswich. And that's on Friday the 20th of May. And again, from 5 until 7.30, we'll have the GCSE photography, textiles and fine art on display. So that's 49 students.
1: Wow. OK, so dates to remember, 5th of May for the A-level exhibition at every... House and twentieth of May at River Church for the GCSE exhibition.
0: That's correct.
1: If I want to come along, what do I need to do?
0: So, if you want to come along uh, to the Every Street A Level exhibition, parking is available in the visitor parking or on Every Street. You can park for up to two hours. Just come up to Ivory House, which is the building that used to be a hospital. Uh, It's opposite the Ivory Street visitor parking. You can see the double doors there. You go in there, you'll be shown into the exhibition. It's upstairs.
1: Great. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. What should I be looking out for? What What do you want me to notice when I go around the exhibition?
0: I think the thing that we're really proud of doing, and that is particularly prominent this year, is the breadth of media and ideas that we have. No students' works are similar. They're all completely different. We've got people working in painting, we've got sculpture, ceramics, we've got mixed media, we've got print. So there's a whole range, a really diverse range of very exciting work. And also, we're moderating today and the standard this year is really high. It's really exciting. They've worked incredibly hard. So I know people think that students have maybe not doing so well because of COVID and because they've missed time, but certainly for the A-level, that's not evident at all. I think the standards are exceptional.
1: Oh, that sounds that sounds really good. Okay, well, I should definitely be there. And as an art department, is there a particular direction that you take?
0: With regard to creatively? Or?
1: Yes, I'm just thinking like if, if I was looking at different schools, what would I notice if I looked at, at one school's art department versus some others, would I notice a difference?
0: I think you always are going to notice a difference because it depends on the staff and their abilities plus the ability of the students. So when I say abilities of the staff, I mean specialism. So that is what really inputs into where the students will tend to go. So I think the really good thing about Ipswich School is A, the students are a really high caliber. They're bright, they're motivated, they're hardworking. They are teenagers, they're not perfect, (laughs) but they are very able. Uh, So that makes a big difference. We get some really talented drawers and painters and sculptors, even at GCSE in year 10 and 11. I think on top of that, uh, we have a breadth of experience in the art department. So we have Ms. Shevchenko, who is a practising artist. She's just been exhibiting last week in Woodbridge. She works in mixed media, paint, textiles. She also leads textiles GCSE and A-level. We've got Mr. Bartram, who trained as a sculptor, but is also a practising wildlife photographer. He has his own website. He's incredibly skilled. He spends all of his holidays travelling to remote places to hide about in bushes and take pictures of rabbits and birds. Uh, But he's very talented, so he teaches art and photography. My background is I did architecture as a degree, we get a lot of people coming through art who want to go into architecture, so that's helpful. But I also spent 16 years as a filmmaker at the BBC and Channel 4 making arts documentaries and I'm a painter, I've had commissions, so I've got quite a breadth of experience. And then the Rev, the chaplain, also a fine artist, uh, she's brilliant at pretty much everything but exceptional at drawing. She also does a lot of landscape painting which she sells. So I think that range of ability makes a real difference because it allows the students to go in whatever direction they want to go in.
1: Yeah and probably that's translating through to what you were talking about in terms of the breadth of different media, different expressions.
0: Yeah absolutely, absolutely and it keeps it exciting for the teachers as well because we're learning all the time. You know I may have to take a student through a process that I haven't done before. I've had three students uh, in GCSE doing digital art um, on Procreate this year, not something I've had before. So I'm having to learn all about that. And that's really exciting, new ways to produce art and to be creative.
1: That sounds great. And uh, it's probably so of the moment as well as we're talking about careers becoming interdisciplinary and people having to sort of think outside subject boundaries. So do you think that that's happening in art alongside or do you think that's contributing to the debate about about cross-disciplinary?
0: Well, the thing that I would argue with art, and I think this is often something that we have to work quite hard at disseminating at the school in the younger years, in year seven, eight and nine, when they're considering what GCSEs to take, is that, like all of our subjects, you don't study music because you're necessarily going to become a musician in an orchestra or a pop musician. You don't necessarily study art and design or photography or textiles because you're going to become a fine artist. Uh, There are so many other pathways. and, And what I would say is that in this day and age with the increasing use of AI, which will make certain areas of industry redundant, The one area that so far we think will endure the longest is the creative industries, because that's the thing that we're nowhere near being able to achieve. It's also something that's, as you say, cross-disciplinary. There is no job out there where creativity isn't useful, because creativity isn't about drawing. What art and design is about is about thinking and drawing and painting, but it's also about training you how to make surprising connections, juxtapositions, synthesise things, to bring together things to make something new that nobody has thought about. And so it's a very plastic skill set that I think can be adapted to any career path.
1: That's fascinating. And actually, from what you're saying, I completely understand as AI grows, actually, the, the, the functional skills that we've been learning will become more and more redundant, And actually, it's that creativity, forward thinking that will come to the fore. Yeah. How do you teach that?
0: Well, through a variety of of techniques and processes. There's obviously skill acquisition, you know, observation, composition, mixing colours. There's all of those sorts of things that have to be taught as a foundation so that students have the ability to express themselves through different media. But the thinking is about taking risks, pushing the students to do things that are surprising that they don't know what the outcome is going to be, about allowing them to fail. It's really important as artists that we learn how to fail, because it's only, and it's the same in DT, it's only through a series of failures that we then get to an outcome. And art is really a bit of a magic trick, because Famous artists don't show you all the terrible canvases that are hidden in their shed. You know, you only see the creme de la creme that they yeah. want to put in an exhibition. Failure and success are part of the same coin. And so that's a big part of it as well. Learning them to take those risks, try things, yeah, but learn. It's all about learning. When you make a mistake, it's a gift because you've learned something new about that medium or process. And then the next time you refine and improve it. So I think risk-taking and synthesis of ideas is really key to creativity. Yeah,
1: so that's what you encourage. You encourage, yeah. don't be afraid to fail. So when I was looking around the exhibition last year, there's lots of, lots of work going on in sketchbooks. Is that part of that? Is that the, the trial, the error?
0: The sketchbook is a recording document. So it's really a document for recording your creative and thought processes. You have four assessment objectives in art and design and each one is worth 25% of the grade, and they have to fulfil all of those. So assessment objective one is about looking at the work of others, writing about them, analysing, researching, but also using that to develop your own ideas. Assessment objective two is about experimenting with different media. Assessment objective three is about recording your observations, but also about your observations in other ways, so through drawing or photography. So there's these different ways, and they can't all be captured in an outcome, they have to be recorded somewhere so that the moderator, the external examiner, can see that process for themselves. And that's where the sketchbook comes in. So actually, a lot of marks do come from the sketchbook because that's where they can see how your journey has evolved, how your thinking processes have evolved, what those creative risks are you've taken, where you failed, what you learned from that, how you improved. So the sketchbook is a really important part of the course.
1: Oh, wow. OK. And then that brings me on to, you were talking about looking at other people's work, inspiration, uh, etc. So the one thing I've noticed about the school and the arts in particular is, is the students get out a lot. We, we, we take them places, we go into the community for music, for drama. You've recently taken a, an arts trip to London. What does that that bring to the students?
0: Well, as I said, assessment objective one is about looking at the work of others. And in this digital age, it's very easy for students to think that it's okay to look at art on a computer. But actually, you can't get a sense of the scale of the work. You can't see the brush marks. You can't see the texture and surface of the work. It's really important that they see it and they also see it within a context of other artists' work that's been curated by people who have real expertise in particular areas of art and design. So that's really important. I think it's really important to inculcate the habits of going to exhibitions and galleries because that's an important part of being a citizen and, mm. and having a cultural understanding. So that's part of part of it. And I just think that it gets them talking and thinking about art in new ways and making connections. And so, for example... Just before the Easter holidays, at the end of March, we had a three-day trip to London, which was the first time we'd done it, a three-day creative arts trip to London. So we had textile students, photography, art, music, DT, and drama – 40 students in total, going up to London, staying two nights. And we did a whole load of cross-curricular stuff. So they did some stuff together. The first night, we went to see Small Island at the National Theatre. Then in the middle day, they did some stuff together and some stuff apart in their own disciplines. So the textile students had an exclusive two-hour backstage tour of the Royal Opera House, looking at all of the costumes, making the dye works, all of those sorts of things. They went to galleries, they went to exhibitions, they had workshops, drama workshops, and then we all got together and went to see Evensong at St Paul's, had a meal and then went for a Theatreland walking tour together. And then on the last day, we had a really wonderful drama workshop where for half an hour, one of the cast of Small Island from The National came and talked to them all, and then they got to do a drama workshop together. In the meantime, meals together and obviously staying in a hotel in London, very exciting, but they also get to talk to one another. So again, that idea of interdisciplinary approaches is 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 really important and that's where creativity lies where two people from a different discipline come together and share ideas so we want to create a culture of both doing that but also an identity of the creative arts at Ipswich School who do things together um, and who work together and support one another and, and where we can attract students who think yes you know Ipswich School really values the creative arts and that's where I want to go to follow them.
1: It sounds fantastic. I'm going to ask you to pick your favourite part of the trip. And it can't be art. It has to be something that was in the whole creative arts mix.
0: My favourite part of the trip? Well, obviously, I was with the artist, so I didn't get to see everything. But I have to say, I think one of the highlights of the trip was probably the Royal Ballet. We were very lucky to get it. It was through a friend of mine who used to be in the Royal Ballet, who's friends with the director of the Royal Ballet, yeah. so pulled some strings. Oh, and so three. nobody gets to do that. So to me, that was the most exciting thing to, to be shown around and see all of those incredible processes and, and, and how a, an A-level in textile art can take you into such exciting career opportunities.
1: Yes, jobs you didn't even know existed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay, fantastic. Why does art matter?
0: I think partly, as I said, because I think it gives you a way of looking at things differently. I think it allows you to develop your own voice and start to learn who you are. I think that it's about collaboration, it's about communication, it's about ideas, it's about intellect, it's about self-discipline, it's about taking risks and challenges, and it's about, after all of that, having a wonderful feeling of achievement, because Unlike so many areas of life, you literally have something in front of you that is an example of where that all went and what you achieved through it. And I think that when the kids then go to an exhibition and it's all there on the wall they can see all their hard work looking spick and span and beautifully presented... It's really exciting for them and, and a really proud moment for parents as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I have to say that the highlights of, of the year are often for me are the Art A-Level and GCSE exhibitions. It's it's staggering to, to see. And we'll give them another plug at the end. Did you say you were in TV?
0: I was in TV for 16 years.
1: So what, did, what were you doing? Tell us a bit
0: more. Well, I did a range of things. Like everybody, I started off being an unpaid uh, work <laughs> experience for a few months on The Big Breakfast. That was one of my oh, first wow. jobs many years ago uh, with Zig and Zag and then I did some freelance work for a few years on various different types of programs to do with animals and travel and stuff like that but then I was fortunate that through someone I knew I got a job in the arts department of the BBC because of my architecture degree so I started working there I worked at the BBC for 10 years started off as an assistant producer and became a director and I worked on a whole range of documentaries about the art so I made a documentary about Gwen and Augustus John, about Jacques Henri L'Artigue, about Frank Gehry. So, a whole range of different mm. figures, quite varied uh, Christopher Wren, Art Deco for BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Four. And then I left the BBC after 10 years. And then I was a freelance director, producer director, uh, working on grand designs for Channel Four for a couple of years. So, I was making programmes about buildings in very wet, damp parts of Britain. Oh,
1: uh, yes. <laughs> if I watch Lots them all. of rain and mud. <laughs> Avid viewing in our household. (laughs) They they probably edit out the uh, the rain and the mud. They do. They do.
0: (laughs) Well, no, actually they don't because you always have that long shot where nothing's happening on site and it's just chucking it down the rail. The dismal music towards the end of part three.
1: Yes, yes, of course. So exactly what you said. So you did an architecture degree and you ended up being uh, in in television and working in the arts yeah Yeah, exactly exactly so So
0: I think that's why I try to encourage students to to hang on to art as long as possible because it opens doorways that are not possible through any other avenue
1: yeah exactly and what do you draw on now that you learnt from a career in television what do you use in your sort of day-to-day teaching I
0: think that anybody who's worked in the creative industries of any kind has to become very resilient I think that you learn where your passions and your strengths lie creatively. You know, for me, documentary making was a struggle. I did art, maths and physics for my A-levels. I only wrote one essay at university because architecture wasn't an essay subject. So I literally had written no essays at all. And actually what you learn very quickly is documentary making is a visual essay. So those skills I found enormously hard. But what I learned, the things that I loved and passionate was really the visual side. And you get two types of director. You get Uh, one who's very wordy or you get one who's very visual. It's quite unusual to get people who are both. And I found that passion for the visual side of things, which is what led me back to art and design in teaching. But also I think that resilience of... Creativity is a process of unknowns for me. You know, you start off and you have to be able to be comfortable with the anxiety of not knowing if it's going to be any good, not knowing where it's going to end up. You know, that journey is uncharted and there's no guarantees of where you're going to end up. But I think the more you learn to turn your mistakes, if you want to call them that, or difficult moments into something positive. You learn to be solution-based around that, that, okay, this has happened, but I've learned that. Where do we go next? What That sort of skill, I think, is really essential in life uh, and certainly creatively. And I think that's probably... A big thing I learned from filmmaking, because filmmaking is really unpredictable. it doesn't matter what you've set up in the office yeah. when you're out on location, the contributor turns up late. they don't say what they'd said when you have spoken to them <laughs> on the phone. Uh, you know there's all this stuff that <laughs> yeah. happens that you just yeah. you know it's chucking it down with rain yeah. on the day that you'd planned to do all the external shots. You have to be really. Resourceful. Yeah. So I think that's the main thing I learned.
1: Yeah. And that ties exactly in with what you were saying about actually take the risks, l- enjoy the failures, learn from them. Um, and that's a direct transferable sc- skill into the workplace.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Really interesting. Okay. Right. We always end on a last silly quickfire question. I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite part of the school day?
0: That's such a difficult one to answer. So I did think about that and. There's lots of different things that I really enjoy about the school day. Obviously, I love teaching my classes. Uh, I really love teaching my year 13s Towards the end of year thirteen, because you have these wonderful small classes and you just get to know each other so well and have lovely conversations and their art is all about their personal experiences. I love that. Yeah. But I also really love my department meetings weirdly, because working in a creative department with creative people, it's such a lovely opportunity. We create this window every week of 40 minutes where we just chuck ideas about sometimes and think about what we could do better or differently, or how could a scheme of work be refined, and I find that really refreshing and exciting. And that's why we come into teaching. To do that, so that's a real highlight of the week, if not the day, for me. Who
1: would who would have thought a departmental meeting could be so interesting? That's fantastic. Right, one last plug. So Thursday, the fifth of May, for the A level exhibition yep. at Every House, and the twentieth of May for the GCSE exhibition, which is at River Church in Ipswich. It
0: is, and I would just say one final thing for that. Parking is a little tricky at River Church because it's down at the waterfront. There is some parking available on site, but only twenty spaces, and it's five pounds. There's just a flat fee. If you want something a bit cheaper. There's the Four Street car park, which is only five minutes away and it charges £1 per hour.
1: Brilliant. OK, well, I'm definitely coming and I hope lots of people do as well. It's always a great occasion and fascinating talking to you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much. That's it for this episode of Conversations with Ipswich School. And thank you for listening. To find out more, check out the school website, ipswich.school